Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing in common. I can't stay, come for the comments. Going, <laughs> man. Just... What's good, yo? Another episode of Off the Rip. What is popping, y'all? How we doing this week? What we got going on, Shiz? How you been? Chilling, man. Just uh enjoying this long weekend. Back hurt, man. We was moving some moving some shit last yesterday, right? Yeah, we having a uh, Trev Trev on the ones and twos. We was helping to move up. Yeah, man. That shit was um. Yo, we was we was almost successful, bro. Like they, he had this big. Couch. I don't know why y'all tried to move that couch. Yo, that yeah, this couch. I y'all, hope... y'all should y'all should have called that one a dub. I hope the like, security I, deposit I honestly <laughs> covers <laughs> any damages. Yo, <laughs> I never seen so much yeah. sheetrock, bro. You know when you don't fall? even need the tape measure and you just go like this and then you go yeah. over to the space. And you're like, yeah, this thing going. <laughs> he said, he it's not adding up. Man. And I was looking at D like, yo, you want to help? D was like, nah, bro, that, that's some liability <laughs> shit right there. I ain't that's even... just wasting energy that don't need to be wasted. I, I can tell you right now it's not getting up. So the funny part was we got it almost up through the door, right? When I say yeah. we, I mean Trev and Rashawn. <laughs> and I was just monitoring, making sure nobody fell over. You were supervising. Exactly. I was delegating. And so then um, they get it to the top. They're about to get it through the door. It's like it just won't budge through. It won't budge through. So. After like 20 minutes of trying to like bring it down, readjust, bring it down, readjust. We're like, fuck it. Let's just bring it back down. We're done. We're not going to put it up there. Then these dudes get stuck going all the way down. We get not so, stuck. Like the shit know, is wedged did, into the how wall. Did even, how did he even get up? How did he even get up the stairs? Now we can't bring it back down. And now it's just like we're in limbo. Yo, that shit was. <laughs> we were, That's yo, crazy. Honestly, we were. Who was at the life. back of the couch? Say it again. Was at the back of the couch. That was the Bro. one that was like holding it up. Like most of the weight was on you. Oh, Trev. Trev. Yeah. Trev, yeah. Trev did that. He's like, it's my couch. I'll take the responsibility. Like, hey, you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you damn right. That's, that's honorable. That's honorable. <laughs> yeah, man. but man, that was but a whole was, adventure. Yeah, it was one of those things too, where he was just like, "Nah, I don't think we're gonna get it up." And I was like trying to. Talk him off the ledge, like, yeah, man, it's not gonna get up there, bro. Like, you can just put it on the street. We call four one one, come and pick it up. Somebody gonna pick it up in the city, bro. Like, you put furniture out. There's always people, like you know, like the Stanford and Sons. There's always a motherfucker in a fucked up truck who's going around from neighborhood looking for some shit, right? And um, he was like, nah, let's just let's see if we can get it up there. And I'm like, I right. and that's when D pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, yo, y'all got this, right? <laughs> Not even, man. I didn't even say nothing. I was just like, go ahead and do what y'all do. Yeah. You supervising? <laughs> supervising. There you go. I thought the house was going to fall apart. <laughs> I'm going to do this. He started tearing up the ceiling, bro. <laughs> it was bad. Y'all should have hired some people. Like, bro, it was bad. <laughs> Yo, messed up bad. his new place before he even yo, living in it. This, I mean, this, I mean tried honestly, to, yo, Trev tried to sweep it, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> yo, he picked up one of them. Uh, what was it? The windshield? Um, yeah, the windshield. Like, you, you wipe you off dust snow, the snow off. The snow, off. The snow off your car. 
One of them white uh, ice scrapers. <laughs> to sweep? Yeah, the ice scrapers. Yeah, yeah to sweep oh, it up, man. bro. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, you would have known. I mean. Yeah. The house, the house has some beauty scars on it already, so. Had a couple. Trev just added one more. Nothing that, solid, nothing that wasn't solid. there. Yeah, Trev. there you go. There you nobody. go. Yeah, man, but right. pretty, pretty eventful uh, weekend, man. I was just Sounds like, damn, like I got to go to work on Monday. Probably do, but hopefully virtually. But I'm like, damn, we got a, got a nice long weekend just to kind of chill. So I'm just saying, you work on Monday? What the hell? Yeah, did, didn't they make Martin Luther King Day? Um, is it a national holiday now or no? Yeah, it's a national holiday. Oh, it's well, like the Trump case. Yeah, like, I don't think. Yeah, I think. I, I think he. Did, I think he? That was did you say Big T? Nah, no, we ain't. We ain't nicknaming this nigga now. <laughs> <laughs> Teflon Don. <laughs> Stop it, Luke, How you doing, bro? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> Oh, Stupid. It's Big T. and Money Bag yeah. Joe. No, oh, man. man. Stop. Wow. He's not Money Bag Joe no more. He Money Bag Joe once he cancels our student loans. Mm-hmm. There you go. No, I'm I'm my that. fucking I'm bread. Getting, <laughs> getting that. Oh, man. Or if you get a forced stimulus. Nah, just, or another PPP loan. Just forgive my shit. Why yeah, do I need any, another any of those? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I had um an interesting training yesterday. I'm doing this six month training. Um, it's like a mind, body, soul, and wellness training from um this uh, this person I met through my past employer, and we had our first um, meeting yesterday, which is why I couldn't help. But um. Yeah, it was really interesting. Oh, actually. Yeah, see, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> was that the? I got, I got a reason. I got a reason. But no, no we, it was really we interesting. Up, we met them up like, yo, can you do Saturday at noon? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just, just changing the the schedule a little bit. But no, it, it was cool. I'm uh, we'll probably talk about it more. I'll share some with you guys. Um, you know, off off air at some point. But it was pretty interesting. So, uh, you know, trying to further my knowledge. Trying to understand different concepts, be able to work oh, with different people. Eye. Dope, bro. Very relevant. Very relevant. Um, yeah, it was good though. I had a good weekend. It was good. Release your chakras. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you mm-hmm. laughing at, shit? <laughs> Nothing. I just thought about something right now. So we went to go and help out Trev yesterday. And I remember there was a time where Kareem needed help moving some stuff. So the excuse for Kareem could have been like, y'all didn't help me with my shit. So fuck you. <laughs> fuck your couch. <laughs> y'all were quick to be like, yeah, I'm over there. T, what's up? What time? What time? I ain't hear none of that when I was moving. Damn. And Yo. it was an easier move for us. All we did was go in the elevator. Y'all probably yeah. had to take stuff from his spot. With the truck over to the new spot. Nah, we then... just had nah, we just had to meet him over there. Okay. But nah, you're right, bro. The only thing is, I wouldn't have been able to help though, because I'm you know I'm claustrophobic, so I don't do elevators. You don't do I don't elevators. Do spaces. But I was honestly, I was about it's true two seconds true. away from making an excuse yesterday because <laughs> it was <laughs> yo, it was cold yesterday. Yeah, it was break outside. It's way too cold. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So what we got for topics today, D? What you thinking? Yeah, man. So let's kick this shit off with um, a very interesting, very interesting topic. We have a new Vogue cover coming up uh, that is featuring specifically um, black women, um, black, black, 
models, supermodels. And um, I'm, is this this is it uh, January or February's issue? I'm not sure. It's a February. February issue. It's February issue. Um, and now this this is the first time, or I think it's the first time it's an all black female cover. Uh, or black woman cover. Let me stop saying the word female because that's offensive. Apparently, <clears throat> not apparently. It is offensive. Some people say that. Um, anyways, so yeah, it um, it's supposed to be groundbreaking because we're featuring black women. But does this actual photo like look like does this to me the the actual photo kind of looks a little crazy? But I don't know if that's just because I'm not used to seeing a bunch of black women together on on a on a yeah. page. That's probably what I, it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is for me. Is it just it looks odd because like we don't see stuff like this, especially on a, a magazine like Vogue. Mm-hmm. And and you and I'm glad you bring that up, Kareem, because Vogue has had a very um, tumultuous relationship with uh, being racially sensitive. Um, mm. Anna Wintour is the was the founder of Vogue, and um, just recently, in the past couple of years, she had to step down from Vogue because um, the black employee said that she was fostering a racially insensitive environment. Mm. Uh, they had that, um, they've had various covers where they do feature certain black people. They don't feature them in the, the best of lights. Uh, one very popular um, cover was the one with LeBron holding Giselle. Oh, um, and it looks like, it very much looks like King Kong holding the white woman. Um, mm. from. And, and if you just look at that, you can see how that even relates. That King Kong image relates to an even earlier image um, that was uh, propaganda uh, back in the 40s. Um, so it's just very interesting to see this. I don't know if you want to call it a course correction. I don't know if it's just uh, becoming more aware. But knowing the history that Vogue has and then seeing the cover still makes me wonder whether they... It seems they took a step in the right direction, but whether they actually nailed the execution. I got a um, question for y'all. I would like to see. Yeah, go ahead. Um. Yeah, y'all think this a little bit calculated, though, given it being a February issue and mm. February being Black History That's... Month. <laughs> so I didn't even do the math on that. Go ahead. I'm just saying. Um. You know, just as you mentioned before it being somewhat of a course correction but i mean to me it just seems very uh calculated in that sense like no we got to issue this with an all black uh with all black uh models and stuff uh for a february issue to me i mean and it just seems like they're they're, they're playing toward toward a narrative mm, so you would like to see the black woman in September, August. I'd like or, to see him in July or some shit. July. You know I'm saying something other than, hey, you, know, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eight from eight months from now or something like that. Very interesting. Um, I didn't even think about that. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I I think that would be nice because then you don't have to worry about, oh, they're just doing this for Black History Month and then it'll be nothing for, you know, 11 more months. But um, I also feel like part of it is just like, you know, that... um like fashion kind of style that like I talked about, I don't really get, but for some people, like, you know, they have this vision and this idea and, you know, like I was looking at it, the, you know, photographer is a black man and the style the stylist is a black man. The photographer is a Brazilian man. It's like, they have some diversity, I guess, in who are creating the shoots, mm. um, you know? And, and so 
Like I think about stuff like that. And I feel like the tough thing with it is it, you have to like, to really know if it's, um, you have to know somebody's intention with like why they chose to do it. Uh, and that's something like we won't really know. Like, did they do this purely just because Black History Month or because they needed to get, you know, more people of color on the Vogue? Or is it because they actually want to broaden their diversity of, of, of models? You know, and I think that does make a difference in how I feel about it, depending on kind of what some of their reasonings were behind it. So if this becomes a pattern next year, should we be concerned? If it's just one cover of like all black people, then yeah, that's kind of odd. Like it should just be naturally thrown in there depending on what styles are, depending on what, you know, models are, I don't know, relevant at that time. Right. What if they like make that specific month of like Black History Month, would they make it like a dedication like every month? I mean, every February, they'll do it as a dedication to black culture and black art. Would you I think it's got to be more, it'd have to be super overt. I feel yeah. like this isn't as overt or like the messaging behind this yeah. is not as clear. So that's that's my only problem with that. Yeah. But but also just back to what, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Kareem, that a black photographer, you said it was a black photographer and stylist? It was a black said, stylist and a Brazilian photographer. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because that matters as well. Uh, and then also, this is something I've seen before too. Like, uh, I, if you guys watch Snowfall, people are like, yo, Franklin always looks like he's sweaty. And mm -hmm. they're like, people are like, well, no, it's actually that it's the show's run by black people. So they're actually doing his makeup and lighting him correctly. So that's mm -hmm. why he might, that's why he might look like that. Because usually um, in, you know, Hollywood, there's not black people working behind the scenes. There's barely any black people in Hollywood, period, actors included, but even behind the scenes who are doing all the technical stuff. So they don't know how to do a black person's makeup. They don't know how to light black people properly. And you know what that is, is that's just people like it's really just like white people not being around black people. Right. Like one of the critiques of, of this cover by just a random commentator was British Vogue. So they gathered all these beautiful women and decided not to use lighting properly. One can't even identify who is who and the wigs. These women are very beautiful, fascinating, dark skins. So why darken them like that? Like that to me seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but somebody that, you know, isn't really looking at like what the artistic style is of, you know, why they did this cover in this way. Like, I think they chose to have this lighting in this way to highlight that these are dark African women to really highlight and accentuate their features. It's not to make them look you know, like silhouettes, it's to highlight, you know, their ethnicity and who they are. And for some people, like they, they miss that and they just say, oh, they're too dark. I can't see them properly. Like, no, like they're, these are how people look in different countries in different places, you know, like this is a natural appearance of beauty. Right. Um, Actual representation. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that's a good point too, Kareem. I want to, I want to emphasize the fact that this is a cover, a vote cover of very dark skinned women. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't I don't I haven't looked at the picture in a second but I don't think there was a, a fair-skinned woman on there mm -hmm. so I think that's also important to highlight as well because colorism is a thing especially in the modeling world right um, you don't see dark dark skin um, models like this very often at all right um, and then you also brought up another good point Kareem when you were talking about that but shoot I just forgot I forgot I think about it someone else can talk yeah, I, I think the uh, the criticism is is interesting to me and just like, 
you know, what some of the people are saying, you know, like um, it's the worst ever, you know, like I mentioned, like somebody kind of questioning if the lighting is being used properly, like people are kind of questioning the um, artistic, you know, thoughts of the, you know, stylist and the photographer and all that stuff as if they're not thinking about simple things like lighting and posing and the wardrobe, right. you know, as if they're not that, meticulous as if it's not yeah. Vogue. It, exactly. Like it's a Vogue cover. Like this yeah. is plans. I'm going to say like maybe six months in advance, maybe even longer. Like this is not something they're just like, Hey, can you guys come do a shoot tomorrow? Like, no, this is planned for periods of time where they're figuring out, all right, who are the models going to be? All right. What are we going to do for clothing? Where are we going to shoot it? Like, and when they get like, this is a, a process that takes a while. So for people to say like, Oh, they did the lighting wrong. Like, no, they did the lighting exactly how they wanted to do the lighting. You just don't appreciate it or like it. And that's totally fine. You know, but like to kind of say it's wrong, it's done incorrectly. Yeah. Um, probably, I'm, and I'm going to assume here again, probably just by like an average Vogue reader or just somebody that's all the cover doesn't have as much experience with it. Uh, I find stuff like that kind of funny. Um, yeah, I just th- that's also a great point. And I just remember what I was going to say before. Uh, and, you, and when you're talking about again, just black people shooting black people or black or shooting in the sense of taking pictures. Not black on black crime. Good, good um, <laughs> yeah. It's a shame that we have to do that, right? <laughs> for real, for real. Absolutely. Uh, but when we talk about uh, people of color who are, are shooting people of color in these photo shoots and taking care of their makeup and hair, that made me think of something that Holly Berry said. And Holly Berry, if you notice, um, in her earlier career or into the middle of her career, honestly, up until now, she had she's always had short hair mm-hmm. and she said that she's always had short hair because whenever she showed up to a movie set none of the people knew how to do her hair this is holly berry that. I do remember this that. is a leading woman one of the best actresses well that's objective but she's Randy one Winning. of the most high highest earning actresses in hollywood and she can't find someone to do mm-hmm. her own hair mm-hmm. like yeah, that's that's, right. that's crazy to me yeah that that's a huge issue like, and that, that speaks to, I guess, I'm assuming a lot of issues that probably women and men of color had to deal with initially during, you know, not initially, but early on during filmmaking. Uh, and, and I'm on a tangent now, too, but this makes me want to bring up, we didn't get a chance to say it last time, but our, rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. Uh, oh, yeah. For first <laughs> first African-American to win an Oscar. I mean, he is, when you talk about trailblazers um, and people who set the standard, like that's that's just got to be one of them that we got to start highlighting more. Um, I know he was with us, so we didn't really talk about him while he was while he was still here, uh, because he was still here. And I feel like that happens a lot with our greats um, who are still with us. Luckily, um, the ones we lost are the ones we seem to highlight more. But mm-hmm. um, he's he's someone we really got to you know just celebrate because I can't imagine what he used to have to go through to even just win that first Oscar as a black man. Definitely, Definitely got to give him his flowers, mm-hmm. man. Absolutely. Something else, some other comment that I just read on here um, was somebody that said Edward Inifo, who is the, uh, I think the director of of Vogue or created the shoot at least, um, was foul for that cover. The lighting, the wigs, everything was anti-Black. You took the most beautiful women on the planet and made sure that we couldn't see them on an issue about visibility. That's kind of an interesting comment. I don't know, as I read it. Um, I mean, I'm t- when I looked at the picture, I'm like, this looks a little strange. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, like you said, Kareem, to me, I'm like, but 
they must have planned for it to look this way. Right. So I must be missing the disconnect. So and that's when I say I need more context. Yeah. Like you What's said, the story I need to, I need to see the I need to see the intent, like you said, Kareem. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then that's why I also say the MOOC, like that's why I would appreciate it if it was more overt, if it was more clear in the stance that they were taking instead of it being up for interpretation. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think especially in today, it, it's probably beneficial just to kind of have more overt and just open messages like that instead of um leaving some things up to interpretation, which are naturally gonna happen, but um you know, that's, that's somebody's artistic creativity, but it's still an interesting cover, you know, and it creates conversations like this. So I think it's probably doing its job. Yeah, yo. All right. Yo, that was, that was a nice little, nice little wrap up. Nice little topic talking about, you know, intentions and clarity and, you know, some might say even authenticity and what mm-hmm. they, and what they talking about and what they creating. And this is a conversation that we always having over here when we're looking at um, art, you know, and when we were talking about um, people's just, overall everything you know like what is authentic and what is not and what does that mean to to whatever we're consuming to the content we're consuming um and there's a topic that came up um rod digger was on a uh she's a mc a lady mc and she was on a radio show talking about the difference between what hip-hop was and what hip-hop has turned into and i thought she was making uh, some great points um about just how the industry co-opted the movement and now it's um driven uh, like everything else is driven by money what can make money and however however it gets made is not really looked at in terms of people being able to uh write their own music and create their own stuff or using writers and whatnot yeah i thought it was a, a really cool perspective um because I kind of related it to when when Uzi first came out and he was doing interviews. And again, from my recollection of it, it, he was kind of, I don't want to say shit talking, but he was kind of ignoring like the history of music, you know, talking about, you know, I don't care about um, Jay-Z or Pac or Biggie or some of these like very influential, you know, artists and kind of saying, you know, he he's a rock star. He does his own thing. And I think at the time I was like, I really don't like that. Like, I think if you're going to make music and do it well, you need to appreciate or at least be aware of the people that came before you and how they did it, you know, to a certain degree. Um, but I think to, to be clear, I I've changed my opinion on Uzi as far as being, you know, a very talented uh, artist and somebody who's made like some really just great and creative music. But um, like Rod Digger was saying, just like the idea that, you know, hip hop has kind of just become this way to get rich. And I think there's a lot of, you know, young artists, young, you know, rappers now that see that as, you know, I can make, you know, one or two catchy songs and, and make enough to to live and then get up, go from there. You know, and I think at least for me, that's the point that I kind of got from her. And I, I definitely agree with that. I I'm on I'm on the fence about this because I understand, you know, everybody's situation is not different. A lot of people don't you know, your art might, might not be as important to you as it is to the next person. If you just want to express yourself in this way and, and that's your means of, of making money, then, then then so be it. So I can't really knock somebody if that's their ulterior alter, alter, motive for what they're doing this for, what their, their art is based for. I mean, I, I never would say somebody, if you have a talent in something, don't, you know, 
take full advantage of what you can do with it. So like if you're a creative, you know, if you're a great athlete or something like that and you want to turn it to a scholarship, are you going to knock somebody because they turned a full scholarship into, you know, becoming a doctor just because, you know, maybe they don't want to pursue it anything past that. You know what I'm saying? So I can't knock somebody for, for their motive. Um, I, under, I understand where, where people are coming from in, in that respect. Um, I do understand where you're coming from, where you're like, people don't care for it as, as much as, as maybe me and you would like them to, because, you know, we just want them to respect the craft of, of, of building something and not just giving us, you know, fluff. But I mean, to be honest, I hate to, to, to use our generation as the reason why it started. If you think about it, our generation really kind of put it the forefront when they realized how much money you can make off ringtones. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> once artists started making money off of ringtones and realizing, shit, I don't have to actually make a good song. All I have to do is make something good for 30 seconds. Right. And then it kind of just builds into what it does. So somebody's like, okay, I can build off a ringtone. And somebody's like, okay, I can build off of just getting a catchy song to get streams. And then somebody's like, okay, I can build a catchy song just to be on a TikTok. So everybody's everybody's just trying to find out how they can make a quick buck. And, you know, obviously there's artists that do respect the craft. Like as much as Uzi probably says that he doesn't, you know, respect all those artists. Uzi is very heavily influenced by people that came before him. I don't know if you've ever watched Uzi outside of his music. Uzi's an incredible dancer. He's an incredible performer. And you don't Mm -hmm. become that by just you know, fixate, fixating yourself on what you are, you know, right. you don't like, he's like, uh, Dahlia had shown me a video. Like he does all kinds of dance. He break dances. He was mm-hmm. doing the Harlem shake in a video. Like you didn't learn that just because like, okay, like this is because I don't care about the craft. He obviously, right. Does. Yeah. So he, yeah, no, definitely. Maybe he didn't put it in the sense of, of how it should have been said, but he definitely cares about the craft. And I think a lot of these artists do care about the craft, even though they might say I'm only here for a buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think that's partly like my initial judgment. I was quick to judge these first couple of interviews I saw of him and, and his music initially, I didn't really like. And so I was like, oh, this is just, you know, another dude that is just trying to make some money, but like doesn't really appreciate what he's doing or, you know, uh, you know, what's come before him. But yeah, I, you, you can definitely see how influenced Uzi is and, and how I think appreciated he is by fans than other um artists i think that's where you tell like kind of how talented somebody is is how other artists kind of like if they, if they really they co-sign with them if they really respect them um yeah they're pure like, Mook, though. right and Mook, you said something about like if you have that talent you know like you shouldn't necessarily be not just because you use it just to get money but i think like the issue with it is that I feel like some of these dudes really aren't super talented, but they get talented people around them to get a beat or to, you know, write a couple lines that are really good. And then they kind of use that. But to us, it's just, oh, this person, this is the artist that made this song. So I'm going to associate it as this is their song when really they had five writers, you know, you know, um, what is it? Um, two people creating the sounds they had an engineer they had like so you don't really see all the other people that went into it you just see the final name and we're like we give this person all the credit i think again a lot of music like right that's coming out recently like i'm not really a fan of it kind of seems like rushed doesn't seem like it's super you know detailed or thoughtful and it's just kind of putting out music just to to get hits um so like that my fault 
forward. No, good. I was just gonna say like the talent thing is kind of it's a tough thing to uh for me to kind of figure out. What were you gonna say, Shiz? No, you were talking about like writers and and like having you know just kind of people behind you. Doesn't that come when you like reach a certain level of stardom or fame? Absolutely. So like you need to have that. Like there's I think D said this before. Like there's there's machines behind certain people, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Drakes and all these other people. Um, like Drake is really talented but there's he has a writing room of people behind him that say yo maybe you should say this line or you know what i'm saying it's kind of like the writer's room and then you're going over multiple drafts and stuff and to mook's point i think uh you talked about like the ringtones and getting money and stuff um that way um i was watching the juice world uh, documentary and stuff and i feel like this um I feel like generation of of rap is like very impulsive, right? Like, oh, I got this, I got this beat, or I got this this rhyme right now. Fuck it, let's just get in the studio or get your laptop and you know get your mic and let's just put this out here and see what see what streaming numbers is going to do. You know what I'm saying? So I think if anything, it's just it's really evolving, and I think people now are just hip to that. Like. If, if that's all it takes for me to, to make a dope ass hook and to put a beat on it to make some money to get me out of this situation, why yeah. not capitalize off of that? Mm. Well, I, I think about, that's I a think good point, Shiz. That's a good point. It's, it's after what you just said, Rashawn, that you got to highlight the, the accessibility people have to make this stuff now. Right. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to for someone to roll out of bed, find a beat on YouTube, record it on their laptop and then put it back out on YouTube or on SoundCloud and to not just do it once, but to do it over and over again to the point where you're like, okay, I know what works and what doesn't work. Right. Even in that, like before, back in the day, you have to get broken on the radio. You can't wait for internet, the internet to break you. You have to, you have to be talented in the sense that you got to beat everybody else out around you in your neighborhood to be considered the best first. And then to be, to even be considered to play on the radio. Yeah. So to, to mm. Rodriguez's point, was that like a sense of like ageism or is like, you know what? Like you had to, that was your era. Like you had to go through that versus now, yeah. like people Absolutely. like, you know, we're looking at that situation, even with this podcast, like we just rolled out of bed and we're doing this right now and we can upload this on a Spotify. Like mm. we're, we're all creators on this, <laughs> on this. Well, Zoom I think right the, dif- the difference is though, is that none of us will ever or I, I might be speaking on our behalf, but none of us would ever diss like former broadcasters or or the history of what podcasting is. Yeah. And what happens with with these new rappers is that they be dissing the older generation of what came before them, which is allowing them to be what they are now. Mm. And I think that's the biggest issue, and that gotcha. people who aren't coming from the culture are now taking from the culture, but not contributing to it. What, what, when, and two things about that real quick, Sean, um, yeah. is like we've talked about that before. Part of that, like the dissing of the older culture comes from the older culture dissing the younger culture. Right. Like, Absolutely. so it, it is like I, I think that's a great point, but it, it does go both ways where, you know, just like in sports, like old heads are pissed because these young dudes come in and make these million like these 60 million dollar contracts. In music, well, I think they have know, a right. I think they have a they, right. They do have they do have a right, but the part well, but I think difference. part of it is definitely miss it is is misinterpreted. Just because you know? someone is critiquing me doesn't mean I can turn around and be like, oh fuck you, you're critiquing me. No, it doesn't. But if you yeah, think they're critiquing you because just because you're able to make some money, then then you feel like the intent is wrong and then you're gonna be exactly. upset with them. 
the no, kids, the, these young people, people may not feel like they're actually critiquing my music. They feel I like they're, they're critiquing taking, me. If, they, if that's what they're taking from the critique that, oh, I'm mad that you guys are making music, or those are the people that, that are saying that, they're not listening to the full critique. Then. But so I agree most of the time. But, a, yeah. but, but sometimes. a lot of times, a lot of these older generation people are just distant them because they are out here making Salty. money. Yeah, they're, they're little, just like a little not, bit. It's not all yeah, of it. Yeah, like yeah. Move, yeah. But a good portion of it is we think about like you know the NBA right now. The old heads always talk about how great the 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 older you know the older game was because you know like oh you know guys like LeBron wouldn't survive in our era, which is like stupid. Like if if you're gonna be a good basketball player in this era, you're gonna be a good basketball player in another era. Same thing. Like Will Chamberlain's gonna be good in every era. Larry Bird is going to be good in every era. So, like, there's no reason to keep telling people that they can't do this just because you take a little bit of what happens and assume that that's, you know, how it goes for everybody. So, same thing with same thing with music. People are upset because, you know, a lot of people back then, you had to grind to get your song on the radio. Like, we, you watch all the, the old hip-hop shows and stuff like that. So, that, that would make that's, just a little that- bit? Yeah, no, that, that's that. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it it because that. No, I was getting at that because I, I, I see, I see what you're saying too. Like, I would be pissed off if I had to grind through that to get a three six to get up to to finally get noticed, get in, get onto some contract, coming to find out it's a three sixty contract. So I'm this talented ass artist at this time that the only way for me to get the exposure that I need, I have to sign this fucked up contract. And now 10, 15, 20 years later, here's this dude who might have said, who's mumbling on a rap song, who was completely independent, who was making millions of dollars off of one song. Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. I, I, I see what you're saying. I'd be That's what I'm saying, where part of it is like, they, they, they have a right to be upset. Like it's yeah. frustrating to see that change. And I'm not saying that's their only criticism. Like I think a lot of it is they're actually critiquing the music and they don't yeah. think it's as you know good as it used to be, or there's not as much right effort or whatever their critique is but i do think part of the critique is just them being upset with how it's changed and that's just you know it's frustrating but that is just kind of where we're at here is here's my issue though about them talking about like the older generation because the older generation talking about this generation because they always want to bring out the one or two songs that we all think are, are terrible or they're just catchy and you know obviously just money grabs and stuff vanilla ice did have a song in the 90s MC Hammer did make a song in the 90s. So, like, we can't talk about there being shitty music out now and not talk about there was some shitty music but back then. But the difference is now Vanilla Ice, if Vanilla Ice put that shit out now, he'd be accepted. Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Ice was accepted then back and, then. And Vanilla Ice got, he got kicked the fuck up out the culture. No, he's a joke now. Vanilla Ice makes that song now. He's celebrated. He's got a hit. He's got hit for a period of time because people because people make fun of it because it's a joke. Vanilla Ice is still celebrated to this day. With that, he's not. Good vibrations is another shitty song that people still running around with all the best rappers and stuff, bro. Like Logan Paul and Jake Paul are gonna be running around with some of the people from our culture and stuff. You know what I mean? They're running around with rappers and shit, but but they're not part of the culture. But they they're hanging out with the culture. Vanilla Ice was getting hung out out, out windows and in, in fucking death row. Right? So he was he was with death row because they they're like, yo, you not come you not coming take a piece of this without me getting some. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like what what you were saying, D, the fact that you can kind of roll out of bed and, and you know find beats and make music. I think 
that's like an important part to where music is right now, because on one hand, it allows us to find a lot more talent. Like there are going to be people that are extremely talented that can just create music and get their name out there with SoundCloud and YouTube and all this stuff. But it's also going to create a lot of just like fakes and phonies that just want to see if they can get rich and make a catchy song. So it's like, it's more kind of shit to like sift through and figure out what's what, you know? Like, I but think it, it, it's great, but it's also got some negatives too. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like, is there some talent or skill in doing that? Like everybody yeah. is competing well, on social media and stuff to 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 get that high stream. So, I mean, and, and, and here's the other thing too is that like what then it's like what is the culture? And, and this oh man, this all goes to like to me it goes down to ownership. But even before I start on ownership, um, and like if we were making that money, generating that money, and putting it back into our own community, mm. I think that would be a huge difference than this money that's just going out and out and out. But even um, not just with with accessibility, but also people are allowed to change. When Uzi said that, how old was he? He was like he was 16, young. 17. Yeah. He was 16, yeah. Yeah, he's allowed he to grow. He's allowed to change in his opinion. Yeah, 100%. You know what I, I mean? Um, another dude I think about is 21 Savage. Mm. Like when he first came yeah, out. And now you, up, look, at his, you yeah. look at his maturity and where he's at now. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think people really understand that in order to be successful, not, not be successful, in order to remain successful and to remain consistent, not just come around once or once so often, but you need to have that relationship with your elders. You need to have that yeah. relationship and respect for the greats, for mm-hmm. those people who came before you. And without that, it's just not going to work out. You can still disagree with them from time to time, but you still revere them and you still know what they did for you like again using the basketball analogy when are we ever going to hear lebron or Dwayne wade talk bad about the former generation yeah never like never, we would never. never hear we would never hear that come out of his mouth because he has too mm-hmm. much respect for them and that's part of the reason that he's so great yeah so like i was thinking like so i was thinking of just artists that you know because like you said like music is a, a um accessible for everybody you think about guys like for example like bobby Schmurter when hot nigga came out that was something he found on YouTube and decided to rap to and, like ended, up in, in, in ended up incriminating himself because of the song. <laughs> he probably, when he put, first put that song, I guarantee he did not think, yo, this shit is going to take over the world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like this shit is going to take over the world. So like a lot of times it's like, it's, a lot of times it's just being lucky. Just It's just natural. Everybody just like New York was just like waiting for a hit and he provided it and that summer, whatever year that came, like what, 2014, 2015, that shit completely took over the world. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing, like I think of like a dude like Tay K, where it's like, you know, nobody knew about his whole situation until he decided to release a song about him being on the run from the police. Then you look into his music career and found out like he's actually really talented as an artist. It's sad that, you know, he did what he did because he, I think he could have been one of the, the the great artists of this generation and stuff. But, you know, you think about like guys like that, it's just like you wake up and you just, you can find a way to, to become, to become relevant because, mm-hmm. you know, you find the right production. Like you said, you find the right, you know, words to use in a song and, and pretty soon it becomes a hit and everybody's singing it and, and, and you reap the benefits of it. Do do you guys think it's easier now to make? Well, I think this is kind of an obvious question, but 
do you feel like it's easier now to make um a popular song and to blow up and, and to make money than it was before absolutely right? it's a formula yeah. at this point it's a formula i i read an article that, well i watched a tiktok the other day where a guy was talking about how future rebranded himself and how it blew up on him where he was future had a specific style before and then he realized what you have to do is you have to rap in nursery rhyme what he means by that is you have to rhyme something that's catchy that gets in people's heads that they want to keep coming back and hearing the same things that's why if you ever listen to future's hooks they're all hits all mm-hmm. his hooks are very you know very simple very you know one word often word. repeated exactly and it just so like one one up. phrase often repeated that's think, that about, think about mask off mm, like yeah. him just saying molly percocets we're sitting there rapping about drugs and it's a fucking hit mm-hmm. every time that shit goes on you go crazy yeah 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 no i just i think about that and i, I agree i think it's just much easier to make money and off music because you have tiktok you can get lucky and catch a popular song there you know the fact that people make like these compilation videos of sports and stuff like you can just find a, a music you just you can just get music that's just catchy and just put some words on it and people will use that in their videos like and i have to think that again the older generation sees that and it's like they're not silly mad at the artist but it's just frustrating to see like dang this person just you know can make this song and one or two creators can use it on tiktok and it gets catchy and then boom, they're good. And it's like, that has to be frustrating, you know, no matter what. And I think when I say that it has to go back to ownership, because if those people owned their music and their masters, they would be getting- You're talking about like the older generation? Yeah, they would yeah. be getting a kickback off of, they'd be getting a kickback off of everything that's happening. So I think then now mm. you're eating off of what's happening today. Oh, it's like, like the newer music that, that um, what is it that- um is used from like old like samples of older yes, music yeah, 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 yeah. gotcha yeah. gotcha yeah mm-hmm. like i don't know i just heard another meg song today and i'm like yo how many times is she gonna sample some old music mm-hmm. like create mm-hmm. a new create a new create a new sound create a new beat but each one of her songs is an older song that used mm-hmm. to be a hit so it's like mm-hmm. obviously so to it's me it's like it's formula. just safe because obviously it worked before so the formula like mook said is the formula now is to make it work again your girl cardi does that too Ashanti was yeah. the first. Ashanti was like the biggest one of that. Yeah. Like if you listen to every Ashanti song, it was an old song. <laughs> Just rebrand. Yeah. But not even in my problem is hip hop is a sampling, uh is a sampling community. Hip hop is a sampling genre. But my problem is when you don't add nothing to the sample. If you yeah. literally take you just take it. sample <laughs> just and you put it here it. with new words, that does yeah. not work for me. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, I you agree. like girls in the hood. <laughs> man but yeah, yeah. so, so it's, not just it's a lack of creativity not just ownership in terms of the masters and people getting the ownership back but then if we owned our companies too as well mm-hmm. we own a music business or at least one or two uh record labels i think it would look a lot different as well yeah to maintain that integrity which goes back to another conversation we've had about you know like the the most influential artists like why why aren't they doing more to kind of start ownership pushes and, and create labels where people can do that. Everybody paid, has a bro. price. Everybody has a price. I mean, hey, like think just think about this for real quick. Cause I know we gotta wrap up in a few, but like let's say we take Jay Wayne 
Hold up, hold up, hold up. Here goes Kareem in his perfect world analogies. Let's like, go. I know, yeah, right. It's coming. It's coming. You saw it coming. You 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 onto something. But let's let's take like Jay Wayne, like Cole and Drake, right? If they all got together and just said, like, yo, let's create a label or a company where artists or a union. Or, 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 or that's probably that's that's probably more realistic, a union yeah. where artists can make their own music, they can come to us and say, I have an idea, you know, they can talk through the idea and then we'll help get them started. And if they are successful, you know, they own a majority of it. You know, maybe those guys take money. none of it or maybe they take a small portion of it, but the artist can own a majority of it. Like, how does that not benefit those guys completely? Like, because they're seen as pushing the music culture. They're supporting new and creative music, Yo, but they're also my, seen as helping Michael that. Jackson, how that turned out for them. Uh, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> what now you saying, dude? I said, what yo, you saying? Yo, for real, no cap. I'm just saying, it, dude. Yeah. Yo, people I mean, if they be were, having these ideas end up disappearing the next yeah. day. And then if they think bad that, things I mean, happen. Look what happened yeah. to Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Oh, 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 I don't know, man. I feel like if they were to do that, they would all be in jail, bro. I feel like. The people who I feel are like they also checks, owe too much I, money too. Nah, the people that are cutting them checks, bro. I'm telling you, they got they got some shit on them, bro. Or they can Not create some shit on them, bro. It's just them. enough money. It's like, yo, Jay Z's up a billy. Yeah, a I billy. don't know. I have to feel like that's the goal of all these guys at this point is just to be able to completely own their shit. So like, you don't think Jay Z's working to just own everything he has or everything oh, he's going to release? You know, thousand percent. But I thought you meant like in terms with other, and he is him and Puff. Like they they're doing their thing like on the executive level, Puff owning Revolt, Jay Z doing title, like they're they're doing big things and it's just you know slow and steady. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a process. Yeah. Just think about the people that are cutting them. Checks. Yeah, Dre owns a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. That's old money. Yeah. Man. That's old money. That's that's they started old up, America. They started the and then there's up. people, and then there's people cutting the people that are cutting them checks. Checks like yo, it's just it's yeah, crazy. And then the Illuminati. Imagine who cuts Lucian Granger check. Probably don't even know his name. Us. <laughs> that's, that's just our money going right to him. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, that's I, that that's fair, Sean. That's my little uh I, if only people could the weather and shit. They dictate yeah. this whole pandemic. Hold on, sprinkle some corona on them motherfuckers. Slow it down. <laughs> Gotta get rid of them. <laughs> that's no my It's no my positive more. segment. Man, well, before we wrap it up, we just got to talk. We got to talk about this because this is just completely up off the rips alley. Um, our man, Aubrey, Drake, oh. Drizzy. Wow. <laughs> we, we throwing out governments now? Aubrey <laughs> Graham, <laughs> Drizzy Drake Rogers, Wheelchair Jimmy. Uh, my man's just playing hot ones with his condoms now. So, uh <laughs> Apparently, this is what's been going on. Uh, so we have Drake, uh, who is um, allegedly, this has come out, that uh, a model is trying to sue Drake because after they had intercourse, um, Drake allegedly or apparently went to the bathroom and put hot sauce into the condom, tied up the condom and threw it out. And the model went in there, untied the condom and tried to take his semen and then ended up burning herself because Drake put hot sauce in the condom. Yeah, what a wild, just what a wild all, story can, to come out. First of all, how can you sue some? 
Like, how can you sue somebody for you trying to violate my privacy? Yeah, I, I'm very curious to know what she sued for. Like, right? isn't that like, isn't what she isn't what she's doing a crime? If not, I feel like that yeah. should be a crime. It should but be. Also, it probably like, isn't a crime, just, but it should be. If you're Drake, you don't have to go through the extreme of flushing, like putting hot sauce in your condom. Yes, you, you do. Flush it. You just flush like, it down the toilet. Kinda, he kind of oh, yes, does. Do. Well, yes, you do. You just flush well, it down the, the toilet. toilet. That's not. That's not very. Um, environmentally friendly sir <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. drake's an upstanding like, citizen he wouldn't do that he's canadian that. yeah this is what he has to do and this is what this is what this is what's funny to me is that this is not the first time that he's done that like i'm Absolutely. i would imagine Absolutely like, not. Like, he, you know he's been doing this for that. however long and it's just <laughs> this one chick this was man, like damn i'm gonna try and out him and make him look bad it doesn't make him look bad i don't who, think no it doesn't make it looks it makes him look like a g Right, <laughs> <laughs> like um, he just wears hot sauce. hot sauce in a hotel. Yeah, like, that's wonder, premeditated. I was talking to my coworkers. I was like, maybe he, he like got the little packets from yeah. from uh, Taco Bell. He was like, yeah, give me the fire sauce. <laughs> 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 nah, called, he just he just keep the Frank's quick. red hot in the in the uh, medicine cabinet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank nah, you. Called room services. Or you got the little watch, got the watch from Undercover Brother that squirts out hot sauce. But also, that whole situation is nasty because how did like so she went into the bathroom, she got the condom out of the uh, trash can, trash, trash, nasty, Mm -hmm. nasty, right? Yeah. So you look at it, you think you would see like some sort of red substance in there, right? So you would think maybe there's something wrong with either he's bleeding, I'm bleeding, something, something going on here, right? She she so was so focused. Flags, right? She must have yeah. smelt it. But that but let's, let's talk about that for a sec because that's kind of scary, right? That she really tried to do that, assuming so that she could get pregnant with his child, so that she could, you know, most likely benefit. get part of his money benefit. Yeah. Like right. that's really what some women, not all women, a small percentage, some women really think about and try and do, right? Like how like that's that's scary. That's concerning. That's why, it has, that's that's why that should that's be a crime, bro. That's why it needs to be. That attacked. should be a crime. I don't like that. That's like yeah, you can't trap me for. Does she have the turkey paste? <laughs> the turkey paste. <laughs> yeah. She had the syringe in the the whole, the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. It, yeah, that that that's probably the wildest story I've heard in a little bit. That's crazy. And then we won't get into it, but the level of detail she decided to put into this. Uh, this post was that quite. made it look worse that she let this. Crowd. I think it made it look worse. Yeah, it's a little too much. A little too much. Yes, meal. I mean, I well, guess she figured. Yeah. She figured that. Um, well, obviously that situation failed, and turn her her mission wasn't successful, so she can make she's money. Got to get the bag doing, somehow. She got to get the bag. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna she make money. She's off just the body. Trying to sue him. off yeah. of interviews and potential lawsuits mm-hmm. and stuff because you know people are paying for this. Like we're talking about this right now. So yeah, um, you're right. But we'll, I think we'll see I think Drake had the last laugh with his caption. Right? Did anybody get his caption? Oh yeah. Well, like, I'll give you the 15 caption, minutes, <laughs> something like that. I'll take you 23 hours. 23 hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Hey man, I'll take those two. Yeah, that's imagine having to carry Trojans and Frank's Red with you everywhere you go. <laughs> that's the oh, life. If a Trojan comes sauce. out with that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yo, chill. Beyonce, Beyonce did say she got hot sauce in her bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's because she's from Texas, not because... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, Drake's from Canada. He be using that, he be using the hot sauce for other reasons. 
let's not let's not bring the queen bee into this all right they're they're different room service delivered before what's his boy's name his boy came up and and special delivered it chubbs came up chubbs chubbs came up with the janitor outfit (laughs) he's got the um you (laughs) know the dish like for yeah (laughs) here you are he came up with the hat and the janitor's outfit (laughs) (laughs) he left it in the the vent that shit is funny. <laughs> left in the AC vent. Yeah. Like, yo, it's on the left. <laughs> Crazy. Just open it up Crazy. real quick and you'll see it in there. <laughs> that my dog. Yep. You know that's that's the light skin king right there. Angus, that's the lifestyle. Man. You gotta, life. you tick, keep the, tick, tick. The hot sauce. <laughs> I mean, is it is kind of sad that he has to do that. Like, I, I kind of somewhat feel for him that he even has to think, like, oh, I should probably do that just to protect myself. But, like, Damn. Yeah, you know, Drake, Drake has to do a lot of crazy things. One of the lines he says when he pulls up to pick up Adonis from preschool and he pulls up with the fleet of Tahoes and he's like, it's so mm. it's a fleet of Tahoes, so it defeats the purpose of people not knowing it's me. They know it's me. Mm. So it's like either you got to be, you just got to move like that all the time. So you even pick your kid up. Right. Like, that's crazy. It's one of those things like you don't, you feel like you're not supposed to feel bad for him because he's like a multimillionaire, but like you yeah. kind of do because like that's just so intrusive and difficult in life to always have to be around that always be concerned like crazy fans or people might try and actually do something you think he lives you think you think guys like him live in like a not i wouldn't say like a constant state of fear but like just like this paranoia like they're really for him yeah yeah, definitely just like just like that kevin hart shit true story yeah (laughs) (laughs) what was that (laughs) oh he's Uh, muted now (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I agree with Sean. I think it, it's definitely something when you're high up like that, it is like a, a worry constantly when you go out, yeah. like, you know. Or just Which having is, to yeah, be around people get... all the time. Like, I mean, I know mm-hmm. him and Chubbs have a relationship. He probably handed off the hot sauce or whatnot to him prior to the <laughs> incident. Might have been in a room. But yeah, he might have been in bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I can't imagine, um, yeah, that just being my life i mean maybe you just adapt to it i don't know what if you just put water in it like would that eliminate the kid making well why don't you just abilities to what i said why don't you just put it why don't you just flush it i don't care about maybe he does that so that he can tell if the girl tries to do something i think yeah he's like i'm gonna learn you something right like i'll teach you yeah yeah right like like, yo you you try this shit again (laughs) yeah that's true i don't know it's Drake. What do you do? Hey, I, I'm not a scientist. I, I'm certainly not an OBGYN. I don't know how this shit works. Yeah, I got to mm. look that up if hot sauce actually kills. Like, is there special oh, It's not good for sauce? it. Do I, need to, <laughs> do I need to stop? Maybe I need to start eating more hot sauce. I don't know. I don't want no surprise kids out here. She might be down for the count for a couple of months, if anything. <laughs> Child surprise? You guys watch The Witcher? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Child surprise. Watch out now. You play the, you play the video games? I just started playing the game. Yeah. 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 Witcher 3 is fire, man. I played that game three three ways to Sunday. But it's solid so far. Anyways, that's nerd talk. That means we at the episode ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. Mook, tell us where the people. Wow. <clears throat> tell us where to find the game. <laughs> oh man. Tell the good people where to find us. There we go. You can find us at off the rip dot podcast or off the rip underscore podcast. So like I always say, tell a friend to tell a friend to give us a listen. You will not be disappointed.